Do you like to be the first name of your sex tape? Well, if you like to be the first to listen to podcasts, you might want to check out our Patreon because now we're offering a brand new membership tier called Name of Your Sex Tape. I couldn't help it, guys. I'm sorry. For five pounds a month, you'll get an ad-free version of our weekly episode on a Tuesday, a full day earlier than its usual release. So you can be the very first to talk about how funny our guest was, how quickly you cracked the case, or how badly I answered a question. Plus, you'll get all the benefits of our regular tier, including our live Zoom records, a special shout out on the podcast, and if you really like to hear us talk, we've got an entire back catalog of extra content. Check it out on patreon.com forward slash drunk women solving crime. Name of your sex tape. Name of your sex tape. Name of your sex tape. Fancy coming along to see Drunk Women Solving Crime live? Ooh, yes please. Why not join us for our monthly London residency at the marvellous Museum of Comedy? We've got monthly shows through to June. Plus, every show is a double header, so you get to see us record not one, but two episodes with two fantastic guests. You can find tickets on our website, drunkwomensolvingcrime.com. Shows are selling out fast, so be quick. Noise. Noise. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Drunk Women Solving Crime. My name's Hannah George and I'm a screenwriter. I'm joined by author and comedian Katie Wilkins. Hello. And writer-comedian Taylor Glenn. Hello. This is where absinthe meets arson, Negroni meets necrophilia, and Grand Marnier meets Grand Theft Auto. It's a true crime podcast with a twist of lime. Coming up on Drunk Women Solving Crime. She was like, five years, bitch, it was me. Oh, no, no, it wasn't me. <laughs> Let's have another drink. Are you going to get lucky and it's like a bomb threat? <laughs> <laughs> Who has big dick energy? Me. <laughs> now it's time for Drunk Women Solving Crime. Hello and welcome to Drunk Women Solving Crime. Today our guest is comedian, presenter, all-round legend, London Hughes. Way! I'm really happy to be here. I'm really hot and happy to be here. It is warm. It is warm right now. Um, London, let's jump straight in. Tell me, have you ever been a victim of a crime? Yes, I have, Hannah. (laughs) I really have. Go on. (laughs) 
So I'm from a town called Fortin Heath Croydon, which is the home of rapper Stormzy, if anybody cares or knows who he is. So I used to live in a really lovely cul-de-sac. I'm quite middle class, but it was surrounded by a kind of bad, dodgy area. And we got burgled four times. Yeah. And that's because our garden was so amazing. We had this like 50 foot hedge that the burglars (laughs) was like, hey, that's going to protect us. So we'll just burgle this place. Oh, no. And so um, we got burgled four times, so we decided to cut Man. the hedge down. But um, I was so used to getting burgled as a kid that like, I would just come home from school and there'd be no TV and I'd be like, oh, I can't watch Rugrats. <laughs> and I wouldn't even care that the TV's missing. And the crime that I'm really upset about is because one of the burglars stole my catalogue. And when I say catalogue, <laughs> when I say catalogue, I mean to say when I was 10, I made a catalogue I made it myself oh. and it was cats dressed up in high fashion. Oh my what? god! <laughs> so it was, it was a pun it as well? It was catalogue, yes! Oh. At 10 years old, I had a catalogue and it was cats. I drew the cats and I drew the little <laughs> shirts and the little belly tops and the dresses and the burglars took my catalogue. And I still haven't gotten over it. I don't care about the TV, I don't care about my computer, I care about my catalogue. Yeah. And that's. It was months really, of work. The, months. It took me so long to make that catalogue. It was 55 pages, oh, all detailed. I came up with all... <laughs> 10-year-old London. I came up with all the designs myself. Oh. They were cats. They were high-fashion cats. <laughs> <laughs> they took my catalogue. Oh, and man. so I, that's my crime. So yeah, wow. it's terrible. Still my catalogue. What would you say if you could face down that burglar now? I'd just be like, you sick... Man, <laughs> stealing like stealing my joy, man. Like yeah. clearly, yeah. It's, it said like buy London Hughes. It had aged oh. hair. Like I did everything. <laughs> you knew what you were doing. Yeah. But then also I'm like, if my art is being stolen, yeah. like then I'm basically the same as like a Banksy. Yeah. So really, true, truly, true. Yeah. it's humbling, but annoying. <laughs> Mate, do you know how much that's going to be worth? Like, that exactly. is going to end up on eBay. Do you know what I mean? If you're out there and you know someone who stole in, 19, in 1997, stole a catalogue of cats, high fashion cats, and bragged about it, please call in. I don't know if you can call into this, but let us know. Tweet us. Yes. Tweet yeah. us. Let Next us up on the Christie's auction, we have a yeah. very rare catalogue. Catalog. Very early work from a Missy in London now, Yeah. Look, I don't want to, look, I don't want to question the story. Right. Because I'm sure it was the burglar, but I'm just going <laughs> to I'm just going to throw it out there. Right. Were there any siblings that maybe resented Ooh. your talent? Yeah. This your ability to put yeah. cats in high fashion and went, oh, I guess it was. This is the thing. I, I feel like I feel like the project was such a private project for me uh-huh. that I hadn't revealed it to the world yet. Yeah. So there was no one there to really be jealous of yeah. my of my talent. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Only really like me and my mum knew about the cat. Do you know what I mean? And my actually my dad did know and he was a huge fan. <laughs> so I don't think he would do anything to destroy Isn't my work. A, burg- a burglary though is a great opportunity as a parent to get rid of shit that you don't like, <laughs> yeah. you don't like of literally, your kids. Literally. Literally. You never burgled. Your mum was just like, oh, I fucking get rid of these. Yeah, toys. literally. <laughs> like, I don't want this shit. She's watching too much Rugrats. Yeah. <laughs> but there we go. 
I said, I'm like not bothered about the TV. I'm not bothered about the computer. It's the catalogue. Yeah. Sentimental. So sentimental. Boy, you can. It's going to be on eBay. I'm so excited. Like, as soon as we're finished. <laughs> yeah, let's check. I don't let's even see. know what the search term would be. I don't even know either. But London yeah. Hughes wordplay catalog. catalog. It was wow. stapled together. Oh, like no. I just re- and it wasn't even like homework. It was something I did for fun. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't even a school project. I love that it was like high fashion, but looking back, it'll be high nineties fashion. Literally, and I don't know what I thought high fashion was at ten. Do you know what I mean? So. What Monica and Rachel were wearing. Yeah, yeah literally. <laughs> I don't want to make you like go through the pain too much, yeah, but no, can no. you tell us? Maybe it'll be healthy. Right. What, what was your favorite cat and what were they wearing? <laughs> um, there was like a cat based on my favorite Spice Girl. Wow. And she had the, the cat had the Union Jack dress. Wow. That Jerry Halliwell wore. Because obviously, Ginger Spice is my favorite Spice. <laughs> like, it's... Obviously, in the school playground, they were like, you gotta be scary. I was like, nah, honey, I'm Ginger. <laughs> I, and my best friend actually was Ginger and she hated me. I was like, girl, you better be Emma. You better be baby. Because I'm Ginger. They had to make the Asian girl Scary Spice. And she was the only person of color in my school. I was Ginger Spice. Amazing. But it was like a Ginger Spice Union Jack cat. And that was my favorite. Oh, <laughs> that's beautiful. Yeah. Oh, I'm really sad that you don't have that anymore. I know, I'm sad. But it's out there. And I'm hope if they sold it, that means they really liked it. Like, I just don't understand why you would take that unless you yeah. really enjoyed it. So I'm happy <laughs> my work, like, please, a burglar. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and he, he <laughs> so, doesn't have much in his life. Clearly, taking our tellies. So do you know what I mean? It's what it is. It's what it is. Wow. Well, thank you very much for sharing that with us. Um, so the next part of the podcast is we go on to a true crime story and I'm going to ask you questions and you're going to basically kind of try and guess We're in a soap. what's... Sorry, <laughs> Sorry no, go on. <laughs> so if this is drunk women... <laughs> That's what we need to do. That's what we need to do. Yeah. So, okay, today's crime is an aeroplane hijacking. Oh, God. So... <laughs> what, like terrorism? Oh, well... Really? The thing is, you think it's terrorism, and then you realise it's not, and you're like, "Oh, it's quite funny." Um, so, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's from before terrorism. There was never a time before terrorism. No. Um, this is the story of a person who hijacked a Boeing seven two seven and demanded two hundred thousand dollars in ransom money, which is the equivalent of over a million dollars today. So, this person bought a ticket for twenty dollars cash, got on board, lit a cigarette ordered a bourbon and soda, then passed the stewardess a note that said they had a bomb and were hijacking the plane. Wow. What, this really happened? This really happened. This You're is a... lying. <laughs> they didn't do it. Did they say that? Yeah, this is a real, real case. So oh my gosh. first question to you guys is, do you think this was a man or a woman? Definitely a man. Yeah. It was a man from the bu- bourbon. Yeah. Like, women don't drink bourbon. We, we drink pink Moscato <laughs> by Barefoot. <laughs> barefoot Wines, the best wines. Sponsor us, sponsor us, please. Barefoot Wines, pink Moscato, it's a great drink. Sponsor, sponsor, give us money. Could not agree more. Yeah. Could not agree more. Best wines, I, best wines I, ever. I, I want to say women to be different, but I think it's a man. Or trans fluid. Oh. Yeah. Fluid, is that a thing? Fluid gender. Okay, you're going fluid. Um, pansexual. Okay. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Taylor? In the era when they were still smoking on planes, <laughs> London Hughes is going pansexual. Yeah. yeah. Okay. He's pan. 
So the demand is two hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's definitely a man. I feel like a woman would only hijack a plane for like a very important political reason, and not two hundred grand. Ooh. Yeah, that's I'm just true. kidding. I would totally if I didn't care. I feel like a woman wouldn't want two hundred grand. Like they're not doing all that for two hundred k. Yeah. They're doing that for five mil, do you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I agreed. Well, unfortunately, yes, it was a man. Uh, yeah. Which is a shame when I thought that question, I was like, oh, it's so obviously a man, but it would be so kick-ass if yeah. it was a woman. Yeah. But and it If it was a woman, there'd be a film about it by now. That's so With true. Rihanna in it for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> hey, she's good in that film. She was in Battleship. Was it Battleship she was in? Yeah. Was it? I know that I've watched a film, I think it's Battleship. Oh, gosh, I don't know. She's in Ocean's... Yeah. Oh, Ocean's Women. Ocean's Women. Ocean's Women. Okay, so this, unfortunately, it was a man. It was a man who used the pseudonym Dan Cooper. In popular culture, he's known as D.B. Cooper, but apparently that was just a mistake due to news media miscommunication. So, oh, sure. <laughs> he's actually dank, but DB Cooper is so much cooler, I think. It is um, very yeah. cool. And um, so, we've got an aeroplane ticket for $20, smoking on a plane, and airport security so lax they allowed a man to walk onto a plane with a bomb in his briefcase. Mm-hmm. When do you think this happened? Oh, the good old days. Oh. We gotta go back. MAGA! <laughs> oh. Hashtag MAGA! Did they? Or did he not even have a bomb? Did he just say he had a bomb? I mean, we're just it, taking it, his word for it. This is 1954. Really? Two. Mm-hmm. 1954 too. My first insect was 52. Stick with it. Stick All with right. it. This was a time before I was born. Um, <laughs> I was born in 89. I can't really think back far. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing happens. So I'm going to say 1988. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> I think you could smoke on planes in 88 though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go 64. I can now reveal to you that uh, Katie is the closest. It yes. was on November the 24th, 1971. Uh, Ooh. Mm, so it was wow. in the 70s. More recent than you think. It really is. So D.B. Cooper was a middle-aged man in a dark suit with, and I love this, a clip-on tie. Oh, my <laughs> God. He left the tie on the plane. And you nice. thought if you're going full like James Bond, yeah. you don't have a clip-on tie. <laughs> Yeah, I like it's like he was when he got the two hundred thousand, he was gonna buy a nice tie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> he didn't have one. Exactly. Why do you think he's doing this? A real tie, and also somebody teach me how to tie a tie. <laughs> I just want a father. I need a father figure. <laughs> you got a lady. <laughs> so the flight was going from Portland to Seattle, and this was obviously in America due to the uh, dollars that we talked about earlier. Yeah. And um, so shortly after takeoff, Cooper handed a note to Florence Schaefner the flight attendant situated nearest to him. Schaefner assumed that the note contained the lonely businessman's phone number. Oh, bless her. <laughs> wow. You're, you're going to get lucky and it's like a bomb threat. That always happens, do you know what I mean? Yeah, you're going to get a quick mile club journey <laughs> and it's not that kind of party. Do you oh, know what? Bless her. And she was not into it, so she just popped it in her pocket. That's oh, So apparently Cooper leaned towards her and whispered, Miss... You better look at that note. I have a bomb. <laughs> no, he didn't. Because I would have been like, is it in your pants, bud? What's yeah. She'd be like, stop hitting on me. I don't care yeah, about your pant note. bomb. I have a bomb. Can someone make a film out of this and put this is, in it? You know, as well, <laughs> what it, this 
is like, you know when someone's like, oh, excuse me, and they're like, oh, no, I'm not going to sign autographs. Oh, no, you're on my coat. And yeah. it's like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm not chatting you up, bitch. There's a bomb. Yes. <laughs> so the note oh, was printed in neat, all capital letters and with a felt-tip pen. Its exact wording is unknown because Cooper later reclaimed it, but Schaefner recalled that the note said that Cooper had a bomb in his briefcase. After Schaefner read the note, Cooper told her to sit next to him. Schaefner did as requested, then quietly asked to see the bomb. Which you would, because yep. you've already questioned whether or not he had a bomb. Uh, Cooper opened his briefcase long enough for her to glimpse eight red cylinders attached to wires coated with red insulation. After closing the briefcase, closing, closing the briefcase, he stated his demands. So, bearing in mind that we know he's asked for two hundred thousand um, dollars, what do you think he demanded as well as that? And bear in mind, this is to do with his getaway. Yeah, because he's not going to get away. He's, like, surrounded by police. How would they get that 200 grand to him? So his plan was uh, for her to tell the pilot, who would then um, radio to, uh, uh, well, I guess, Seattle, and tell them, and then they'd land in Seattle, and they'd bring him the money, and the other thing that, I, that I'm asking you about, and uh, then they'd fly off. And But by then, go. he wouldn't have blown up the plane. No, well, yeah, but there's there's that thing, isn't there, of like he he could do it, so we have to sort. And they did; they totally and utterly so went. Are for they it. already in the air when he does the notes? They're, yeah, they're in the oh, air. Mid-air. Okay. I reckon he asked for like a getaway helicopter. Okay. Like just just transaction, bish bash bosh, helicopter. Off. Yeah, and everyone has to look away so they can't see which direction yeah. he flies <laughs> off. And in. another bourbon and thing. Yes. <laughs> do you know what I mean for the yeah. journey? I reckon. Yeah, he wanted. Getaway helicopter and another drink. 100%. <laughs> I think he's too stupid to even think this guy's yeah. an idiot. He's probably like, could you book me on a, tra- a train? Let's say first class, first class. <laughs> back to my house. Well, I'm going to go buy a tie shop. I don't think he's <laughs> an idiot though. Is he an idiot? Mm. Or is the American people that let him on the plane idiot? Yes. This is, is a good Lauren question. Schaefer, what's her name? You know, you're asking the tough political questions, Jamie, London, and I don't Schaefer know if I can... the idiot. Jamie, because really, he's a guy with a bomb. Uh, <laughs> I don't <laughs> think that's a bomb. It, yeah, it's probably a pretend. Do you know what? Though? I've never, through all of my research, I can't work out whether or not he it had was a, real a real bomb, bomb. or not. Um, so he demanded money, a fuel truck standing by in Seattle to refuel the aircraft upon arrival, and four parachutes. Oh my he's god! What did he put Does this, this for? end with his death? Like you can't jump Hold out on. of that kind of plane. Four parachutes for what? Well, what do you think? But oh why god, did he the four? Death. The money. Well, a hostage <gasps> is what he could do for four, and also four, I guess, kind of doesn't tell people what what he's thinking. It tells people no. he's literally thinking on getting a missus. Because yeah. he wants to link up with a Schaefer girl. Yeah. So he's like, I've got one for my missus, one for me, one for a hostage, one for the money. That sounds like a nursery rhyme. Yeah. <laughs> like, one for my hostage, one for the money, yeah. one for the little boy. <laughs> I'm like, why does he need four though? I just yeah. don't understand about four. Well, I think, considering, obviously I know what happens next. One was for his bow tie, but it didn't make it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> one for the clip on tie. Yes, no. Oh. So, we've got the four parachutes. So, Schaefner, uh, your, your air hostess, conveyed Cooper's instructions to the pilot in the cockpit. When she returned, Cooper was wearing dark sunglasses. <laughs> oh, my God, this guy's such a loser. is single. He has never hijacked not, a plane not or been that, on a date. He's like, never, ever, ever been down on a woman. <laughs> Fact. <laughs> 
Well, wait till you hear what comes up next. <laughs> um, I mean, do you know what? I thought it was really cool, but you guys were like, he's a loser. And I was like, yep, no, he's a loser. I wouldn't sleep with him. Um, yeah. <laughs> so he's hijacking a plane, but, um, but he's kind of doing it politely. So the passengers didn't know they were being hijacked, so we kept it from them. That is nice. Um, you you don't get that these days. So Schaefner described him as calm, polite, and well-spoken. And the other air stewardess, Tina Mucklow, which is a great name. What Tina happened? Mucklow. <laughs> also, hello. Hold also, on, also, oh, hello. Let's have another drink. I'm out reaching yeah. on. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Drunk women solving crime. So Tina Mucklow said he wasn't nervous, she told investigators. He seemed rather nice. He was never cruel or nasty. He was thoughtful and calm all the time. She's had some bad men in her life. <laughs> A terrorist, potential terrorist. So he's quite a nice guy. He's like, sure, he's got a bomb, but he's ever so polite. I mean, swings and roundabouts. Did this airline only hire women with like bullshit surnames, though? <laughs> McLuhan Schaeffler. <laughs> M- M- they sound like they should solve the crime yeah. themselves. Oh, well, we're handing they it over to them now. McLuhan Schaeffler on the case. Yeah. <laughs> I would love. I would love to see that. Um, okay, so um, and you're completely right, London. That um, after he'd um, put his demands in he ordered a second bourbon and soda <gasps> yeah told you <laughs> yeah. I know my truth <laughs> I know my tipple so, uh, he's going to be too drunk to do this crime <laughs> he paid his tab and tipped the stewardess which wow. again what a nice guy and offered to request meals for the flight crew during the stop in Seattle um, so um, I mean my next is question this guy's is guy's deal exactly do you have any thoughts on this guy I like, reckon he's got a small willy sure. <laughs> yeah there's, he's definitely got, he ain't got big dick energy. All that, <laughs> it's all unnecessary. All tipping the woman, charming, you know all being, oh, by the way, ma'am, I've got a bomb. Like, come on. If he had a big dick, he would go in there with a gun. Oh, listen, well, I'm hijacking the plane. I'm going to shoot the pilot. And then it would be all that. But he had to be all gentleman and all 007 about it because his willy's small. Oh my god, I think that, that should is be a real EDF's, insight. That should be EDF's new slogan Big Dick Energy. <laughs> <laughs> Don't choose our competitors. Literally, he's got, he hasn't got big dick energy. That's literally what it is. Yeah. Bless him. <laughs> Poor thing. Poor thing. I can't decide if he's a high powered. No, of course he's not high powered. He can't even tie a bow he's tie. Like, he's like, he's not. He's... That's what I'm saying. He's a wannabe. Yeah, he's a wannabe he's a for sure. He's a lot of 007. Yeah. He's, what, yes. and he's going like, I'm going to hijack a plane yeah. in the most classy, 
yes he is like living out a fantasy yeah yeah with the bourbon and thing i bet you don't even drink that at home since 2019 <laughs> okay so um <laughs> so um in uh in seattle in 1971 uh fbi agents assembled the ransom money from several seattle area banks but they took a microfilm photograph of every single every single note so they had a record seattle P- police seattle police <laughs> obtained too much gin obtained the parachutes from a local skydiving school so once they'd landed and delivered his demands to the plane cooper let all the passengers go and outlined his flight plan to the cockpit crew. A southeast course towards Mexico City, at the minimum airspeed possible without stalling the aircraft. He also specified that the cabin remain unpressurised. <laughs> oh, God. Why? What? Why? So that he doesn't get sucked out when he tries to jump. Oh my god! You've smashed it with your science there, yeah. That's what he's because <laughs> obviously he's got the parachute. It's too high. I've you can't too, jump from that. Good thing. job, Doctor Wilkins. <laughs> no, no, tell me what's happened in real in real terms. He's jumped out. He's <laughs> no, he yeah. wants to jump. He's out. landed in Seattle. Yeah, they've given him the money. Yeah, sure, money. And he wants to then what? Fly the plane? Yeah, so now he's getting the cabin crew so to take him to Mexico. So they won't know where he lands. He's going to jump out oh, in Mexico City. Oh, Mexico. So they're en route. He en jumps route. out halfway through. No oh, one knows where he lands. Right. Yeah, so after takeoff, Cooper told Mucklow <laughs> to join the rest <laughs> of the crew in the cockpit and remain there with the door closed. She complied. As she complied, Mucklow observed Cooper tying something around his waist. At approximately 8pm, a warning light flashed in the cockpit, indicating that the back stairway apparatus had been activated. The flight didn't land until 10.15, but when they did an armed search, they quickly confirmed his his accident, his absence. Uh, He jumped out, but no one knew at what time. Yeah. So he got away with it. Well, so it was pitch black at night in a rainstorm, and he was wearing a suit and loafers. (laughs) Do you think he made it? Hold on, hold on. Again, again, this guy is just messing with my emotions. (laughs) <laughs> he was wearing <laughs> he's wearing loafers London why is he wearing <laughs> this is hurting me why is he wearing a suit and loafers who does he think he is we just don't who know who is he pretending to be he's got a clip on tie <laughs> why is he wearing a loafers why did he lose the tie I'm the most concerned about the tie <laughs> he left um, it behind hold on wait Ooh. so he jumped out of a plane yeah with a suit on yeah. And loafers. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm going to guess that he could have survived if the okay. plane was low enough and the cabin wasn't pressurized. And the loafers were good enough. In it, there is a chance, a very low chance, that he I could re- have survived that. I'm backing what Kay said. I reckon he survived, but he's a vegetable. A twist. So he can't even do nothing with the money that he got. Okay, that so so Twilight. Which, so well, the FBI <laughs> Still searched. Still needs a clip on <laughs> The FBI searched high and low for him or the money or the parachute, but nothing was ever found no until body. 
Oh. Nine years later, in 1980, when an eight-year-old boy, Brian Ingram, was vacationing with his family on the Columbia River and was digging around in the sandy riverbank, and what do you think he found? He, the clip-on tie. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Briefcase. <gasps> with the bomb in it. Or like an empty briefcase attached to a rope. Oh, very specific. He found <laughs> a glass of bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Ingram uncovered three packets of the ransom money. That's that's very rare in the US. He uncovered what? Three packets of the ransom money. So FBI technicians confirmed that the money was indeed a portion of the ransom. Actually, hilariously, they found this evidence, but actually it didn't lead them to anywhere. So let's go with Katie's um, assumption that he did survive. Um, And there are many suspects for who D.B. Cooper actually was. And hilariously, over a thousand people have claimed to be him. That's hilarious. Yeah, or they've admitted to being him on their deathbeds. That's no, you're chatting shit. So bad that on your yeah. deathbed you're pretending to be you're someone fuck else. With everybody. Yeah. Like, by the way, guys, I'm Oprah. These are the people that see Elvis everywhere. I know. Oh my god. It's ridiculous, isn't it? So my um so my favourite suspect, um, who was just the first suspect, uh, is a guy called DB Cooper. Nice. Yeah. Is an Oregon man who had a minor police record and happened to have the same name as the hijacker. So he was contacted by Portland police on the off chance that the hijacker just used his real name. Ah. <laughs> and that was and that name was just an accident on behalf of the media anyway, right? Yeah, yeah. DB Cooper was, That's yeah. Funny. So the next the next suspect, uh, Dwayne Webber, while lying He's in a hospital He is the next suspect. Um, while lying in a hospital bed nine days before he died of kidney disease, Dwayne Webber confessed to his wife Joe that he was Dan Cooper. However, Joe says she didn't understand what her husband was trying to tell her. As a result, he grew quickly frustrated and cursed, adding, Oh, let it die with me. Nah, he's an attention seeker. He, uh, listen, listen. If I hijacked the plane and got away with it, everybody's gonna know. I'm not gonna wait till I'm done. Listen, honey, I hijacked a plane. I got away with it. DB Cooper, it's me. I wouldn't wait till I'm dying and ain't got no breath to say that. Everyone will know pre, before, after, post, I'll be Snapchatting it. Everybody will know. So there's no way that that was, he waited and you're his missus, like you're, you're sleeping with him. You've had sex with you're fucking the guy and you ain't hijacked to plane. I would say that to make you come. I'd be like, bitch, I hijacked to plane. Ah! Like literally, I would do all of that. So there's no way that was him. He's an attention seeker. Next. Yeah. I agree with London. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Did they ever find a body? Yeah. Are we jumping ahead? No, no. I mean, it's fine. There's no, no way this dude they've survived. Never, they never found a body. They have just got these people claiming to be him. They the the um the money was never heard from again. Our next suspect is Barbara Dayton. Now, Barbara was a recreational pilot and University of Washington librarian who was born Robert Dayton in 1926. Transgenders! There you go. I'm ahead of my time. It's not exactly what you said at the beginning. I should (laughs) point out that we know there's a difference. (laughs) (laughs) And and he served in the US Merchant Marine and then the Army during World War II. After discharge, Dayton worked with explosives in the construction industry and aspired to be a professional well, aspired to a professional airline career, uh, but could not obtain a commercial pilot's license. Why not? Well, Dayton underwent gender reassignment surgery in 1969 and changed her name to Barbara. 
She claimed to have staged the Cooper hijacking two years later, disguised as a man, in order to get back at the airline industry oh and the FAA. Oh, good motive. Yeah, whose insurmountable rules and conditions had prevented her from becoming an airline pilot. Wait, because they wouldn't let someone who's changed sex, or because they wouldn't let a woman? Do you know what? Like both. Yeah, ah. I, I, I feel like maybe... You know, that was the glory of the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> there was just a lot of intersectional... Peace, love, and... Bigotry. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, she said she hid the ransom money in a cistern near her landing point in Woodburn, a, suburban, a suburban area south of Portland. Um, so, do you think she could? Why? Have what was her explanation as to why she lost three cases of it? I because she could. She's a she's a woman. <laughs> <laughs> She gave no reason. And also, you know the statute, this, what is it, the statute of limitations? Um, that apparently after a certain, yeah, after a certain amount of time has passed, mm. it means you can't be prosecuted for no, it. What, really? Yeah. Oh, so yeah. in different states. It's if, different. If they haven't solved it. So at the time in that state, air piracy only had five years. <gasps> wow. <laughs> wow. Isn't that amazing? Good oh, so choice. What? Wait, wait. Oh Seriously, and this is what all the people in my country are longing for. Like, remember when everything was great? <laughs> Hold on, so yeah. five years? Yeah. yeah. So if you got away with it, that was it. They could find out who you were. but wow. it, They can't prosecute but you. But the thing is, um, the apparently the grand jury extended it indefinitely for DB For this case? Yeah. Uh, because it was such a big one. And then at that point, um, Barbara Dayton um, just redacted her entire story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She was like, oh, no, that, that, that wasn't me. So she was like, five years, bitch, it was me. Oh, no, no, it wasn't me. <laughs> you know what? I believe her. Yeah? Yeah. I believe that's the real... That's the real one. We from. think it might have been Barbara. Because there was motive. That just seems yeah. the most realistic. Like I said, you brag about it, let a bitch know. <laughs> I hijacked a plane, got away with it. Then obviously after the statue of thingy, yeah. you're like, oh, no, I didn't do it. Yeah. That is so, like, totally. Yeah. And she has motive. Sure. Yes. Trust me, it was Barbara. We've got to the bottom of this. Barbara did it. Do you know what? This is a huge case online. (laughs) (laughs) Genuinely, I think that we'll probably get the people listening to it because they're interested in this case. Yeah. And I think we've just cracked it. Barbara did it. Barbara Barbara did did it. it. Okay, we've got one final suspect. Is Barbara still alive? Um, No, she died in 2002. Okay. Um, mm. So our final suspect is Richard Floyd McCoy Jr. Oh, come on. <laughs> that is not a real person. And move on. <laughs> Richard Floyd McCoy Jr. How's his dick energy? His dick London? energy is very small. Yeah. Very tense for him right so now. So McCoy was an army veteran who served two tours of duty in Vietnam. Oh, I do apologize. Incredible military service, Taylor. He became a warrant officer in the Utah National Guard. <laughs> and he was an avid recreational skydiver. Oh, okay. Okay, so the main suspicion about him is that he staged a copycat hijacking oh. a few years later. No, a year later. Um, so the Seventy question is... is full of hijacking. What the hell? Do you not think so? We're still you don't Barbara. do copycat... You don't Team do Barbara. a copycat hijacking. You don't. Oh, you do got you? away with it the first time. Yeah. You lay low. Or is it? <laughs> you don't. You don't come out for a encore. Ain't nobody want to see the second part. Chapter you, five. Do you know what I mean? Big dick energy. You lay, lay low. low. After you've survived it, you <laughs> lay low. It weren't McCoy. 
so in um, on April seventh, nineteen seventy two, McCoy boarded United Airlines flight eight five five, and brandishing what later proved to be a paperweight resembling a hand grenade and an unloaded handgun. <laughs> yep, he demanded four parachutes and five hundred thousand dollars. He was a fan. He was a fan. Yeah, he yeah, was a fan. yeah. This feels a like a tribute. Yeah. So he, you know, he got the delivery of the money and he bailed out out of the back of the um the aircraft. And survived. And he left behind his handwritten hijacking instructions and his fingerprints on a magazine he'd been reading. He was a fan. <laughs> yeah. He wanted to be caught. Um, so just fanjacker, fanjacker. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. just to end his demise, which is kind of like kind of crazy, is that he was arrested on April ninth with the ransom cash in his possession, and after trial and conviction, he received a forty-five year sentence. Ooh. Two years later, he escaped. The fans. Yeah. <laughs> Bless him. He escaped. He him? escaped from Lewisburg Federal Penitentiary <gasps> with several accomplices by crashing a garbage truck through a main gate. Wow. He was tracked down three months later in Virginia Beach. And McCoy was killed in a shootout with FBI agents. Oh my god! Oh, see, there's the America I know yeah, starting to happen. Yeah, I was happen. wondering when someone's yeah. gonna get shot. I was like, all these people haven't been shot yet. Yeah, oh, this ain't America. It finally clicked. The in. fact yeah. that we know that he survived means the original guy, DB guy, could have survived. We've got yeah. proof that this guy survived. That guy could have survived. Uh, obviously, it depends. No, on but the remember, conditions and stuff, this but... guy, the fan, he's a professional skydiver. Yeah. DB guy, we don't Could even know. Be secretly, well, he's if he's Barbara, he's got all the military training too. True. Yes, because Barbara did have military training. Yeah. Yeah. So what do we say, guys? Barbara. 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 Cheers. Well done. We've Barbara. Barbara. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, Queen. Drunk women solving crime. So to round us off uh, for the podcast, we just take one. Um, one letter, one problem from a uh, from a listener who's written in. So, dear drunk women, last <laughs> year my wife got me a cat named Bella. She's a rescue cat, and we're very kept. Sorry, is this cat thing gonna really no, it's fine. It up for you? Do you know what? Yeah, it's fine. Like, okay. It's, do you know I've, I've I'm at peace with it. Okay, thanks. So you're just fine. Go on. Okay. <laughs> She's a rescue cat, so we're very careful to ensure we're looking after her properly. However, recently she started to put on a lot of weight. We feed her the right amount, but somehow she's getting fatter and fatter. She'll often be away for a few hours at a time. I suspect one of the neighbours is feeding her. What can we do? Thank you, Tom. Um, Tom cat. Yeah, obviously the neighbours are, like you're sharing your cat. Yeah. That cat's going elsewhere. But you should have got a dog, to be fair, because dogs are more loyal. So you can't (laughs) really be mad at the cat. Yeah, that's what cats do. That's what cats do. Cat's quite selfish. Yeah. For themselves. Have they raised it with any of the neighbours? We don't know. No, no. He says that he thinks that um, the cat has been coming out of the same house about the same time. <laughs> like your cat cheating on you? Like in, what is your life? In, like, yeah, he's like literally looking around, going, "No one saw him coming." Is this a crime? Because I feel like if that cat was getting what it needed at home, it wouldn't need. To <laughs> exactly. Go the cat wants food. You're not giving it food. It's going elsewhere. Yeah. Or it's getting nicer. For I you would put a thing on the collar, like, "Bitch, this is my cat." Don't feed my cat, bitch. I like the idea. I just pictured like a tiny little independent trap, like, well, we have sterling silver hearts that you can wear, and then we have this one that's a little bit. What's your cat's name? Bitch, yeah, this is my cat. Bitch, this is my cat. Yeah, stop feeding my cat. Do you know what? I think we've solved this problem. What, like attack the neighbor? No, no, no. we still know passive aggressively oh, attack the neighbor okay. by putting bitches my cat okay. on the collar. 
Yeah, you're so right. So wherever the cat roams, everybody knows the cat's taken. Okay. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's not a free range, willy nilly communal cat. <laughs> it's one cat's one family. <laughs> <laughs> Katie, what do you think? What have you got to? There was a TV show where they put cameras on cats' heads or on their collars, and this cat was on this TV show was getting dinner at like five different oh, houses. Oh. Like, yeah. Of course cat. they are, but here's yeah. the issue, Tom. Is why are you worrying about the weight of your cat so much? Yeah, is this oh, really? Oh, fat shaming. Yeah. This okay. Cat like shaming. Hey! <laughs> Stop cat shaming. <laughs> At the end of the day, that's true. Yeah. Cats like can you be take in this weight. rescue cat. Who knows what she's been through? And here you are criticizing her for her weight. Maybe she's how... a comfort eater. Yeah. Like Tom. And you don't know how fat her mother was. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It could be in the gene. Genetic. Genetically yeah. fat yeah. cat. <laughs> you know I, mean? I yeah. thought we'd solved it and we really haven't have we we haven't even begun I think the problem is Tom now nah, I've wow. changed my mind okay. <laughs> you should let your cat be free let your cat be who be a fat cat if you want to be a fat also, cat also you can't judge a cat for something I would definitely do if I was walking <laughs> home and someone's like do you want some dinner and I'm like, oh yeah 100% <laughs> I'd go in and then the next house I'd be like pop in for a 100% <laughs> uh, thank you very much London Hughes is there Why anything you want to plug yes um, London Hughes is just the best person ever <laughs> like there's so much stuff I'm doing that I can't even plug it all but just watch out for me in the world <laughs> <laughs> Listen out for London Hughes in the world, in your lifetime. You'll hear about me both. (laughs) (laughs) Well, on that note, thanks for listening. Drunk Women Solving Crime is produced by Amanda Redman with music by The Lion and the Wolf. You can follow us on Twitter at Drunk Women Pod and Facebook and Instagram at Drunk Women Solving Crime. And please review us on Apple Podcasts. And if you've got a petty crime you want us to solve, then write it in a review and we'll solve it. Thank you to Acast and thank you for listening. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.